0: Okay. Just say. Mm-hmm. I make the. Oh. Okay, we after have to We'll sing a night Oh yeah, What? You're doing a holiday night <laughs> And you
1: That's when we were friends. <laughs> <laughs> she's fine. <laughs> she's been so good. So
0: cool. You're always good about it. I don't know why she's back down there. We're just getting our music. Announcements Don't forget to uh, start cooking for Carol's Cookies and Cards December 17th from 6 to 8. There's no time on there, so if you got to jot it down in your bulletin, it's going to be 6 to 8 unless you want to stay later. That's fine. Um, December 17th. Trustees meeting is December 10th, that's coming up quick. And uh, there's Christmas in Ripley December 9th. So if you want to show a little town support. There's Christmas in Ripley, December 9th. Are there any other announcements that are not in the bulletin or that need to be shared today? Okay, then we'll start. <laughs> going to sing a familiar hymn <laughs> to you, a cappella the four of us, and then we'll sing it for, uh... Huh? Huh? My wife wants you to join in on two and three, but I don't know that it's gonna be up there. So um, anyway, we're singing Oh Holy Night as sort of a special. And if you want to join in on two and three, feel free to do that.
1: Please. Please. sweet swims oh. of joy
0: Sing hymn number 102. 102. O come, O come, Emmanuel. We're going to sing verses 1, 3, and 4 of 102.
1: God appear. Rejoice, rejoice, Emmanuel manual. Shall come to him, oh Israel. O come now, day, spring, come and cheer our spirit. safe flowing.
0: It's a little easier for me to stay up here right now. We have everything kind of close, so I'll read the Scripture reading this morning from up here in 1 John 1, 1 through 4. 1 John 1, chapter 1, 1 through 4. That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked at, and our hands have touched. (laughs) This, sorry, I read from the King James and have learned so often that sometimes those old words pop back in and I start to say them and realize they're not here. Okay, so um, I've looked at and our hands have touched this we proclaim concerning the word of life. The life appeared, we have seen it and testified to it and we proclaim to you the eternal life which was with the Father and has appeared to us. We proclaim to you what we have seen and heard, so that you also may have fellowship with us, and our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. We write this to make our joy complete. That's a parallel verse to the one we'll be studying when we get into John 1, and I wanted to get that out there so when I use it later, you'll know where it came from. I'll sing hymn number 103. number one hundred and three Thou didst leave thy throne We're going to sing verses one, two, and four
1: Thou didst leave thy throne And thy kingly crown When thou camest to earth For me But in bath. All oh, come to my heart Lord Jesus there is room in my heart for Thee. Heaven's arches rang when the angels sang. Thou camest, O Lord, with the living word that would set thy people free. But with mocking scorn and with crown of thorn, he bore thee to Calvary. Oh, come to my heart, Lord Jesus. There is room in my heart.
0: ask you for prayer requests now before we go to have a word of prayer. Name. Karen? Karen, Williams. Karen Williams. Williams. Okay. We should keep Alicia. She's now her doll there. and kind of gone bad and they are going to have to take it out. And so she's been in the hospital most of the week till yesterday. I think she came home yesterday by the way. Maybe late Friday. I'm losing track of time by putting things going on. <laughs> <laughs> I think it comes with age, too. A friend of high school classmate, Diane Hagel,
1: for her daughter Lisa, that's in her 50s, died of leukemia yesterday. So if you could keep Lisa's
0: family and Diane in the first. Okay. Okay. Hope I can remember all these names. So, if I don't just yell them out so I remember. And we'll pray for all of them. Anybody else? Wow. My sister Carol has never won all. She's got a hot a while ago from her father. Now she has an abominable. Hey sister.
1: Okay.
0: She now. Oh, she has shingles now too. That's a that's a lot of stuff going on. Okay. Anybody else? So I'm bound to forget these. My brain's getting older, you know. So we will pray for them as I can remember. Gracious Father, we're so thankful that we can come to you with all the things that are on our minds and hearts, and that you're very aware of them and that you know them, Uh, even as we sometimes forget names, you still know who they are. We do, Lord, pray, thanking you that you hear us and you work, and that uh, we're grateful for uh, things that you do in people's lives. And so today, as we pray for families of, of individuals who have either passed away or are sick, we pray you'll just work in those families' lives. We pray for uh, the family of Karen Williams and all that she's going through and what's happening there, that she doesn't remember anything anymore, but they are saying that she does know the Lord, and, and uh, we would pray that you would affect the rest of the family so that they might know uh, the Lord as well. Lord, this is an important thing to us, is that the families would really come to know the Lord, and... And that that would be a help to them. We're thankful for the work in Carol uh, Camp, as she had been home, but now are am aware of her being sick and uh, having pneumonia. and We pray that you'll just work in her life to heal her and uh, to make her well again. Uh, we know each time there's about as we get older, it seems to make us struggle more, and we just pray that you will help in that regard. We pray for Shirley and and for her struggle as she has fallen again, but she's back home from the hospital. We pray you'll just really uh, help in that regard to give her strength and to help people as they help her to, to continue to live at home. We are, are grateful for that family and grateful for her love for you. We pray for this friend of Carl and, uh, and uh, pray that you would just work as as uh, she's lost her husband and uh, there's a need there uh, that she would be ministered to and that the family would be ministered to, that that you would work, that you would open their hearts to you if they don't know you, and if they do, that you would give them comfort to know that you are caring for them. We're grateful for your love in that regard. I pray for uh, Janet's friend there that has passed away and and uh, pray that you'll just really work in regard to that family and all that's going on there lord we we are aware that you know all our hearts and all the things on our minds and and uh, sometimes it's easy for us to forget and not pray but we pray that knowing that you are very aware and as we bring things up before you you know all the circumstances and all the people involved. We thank you for this time to be together to to <coughs> praise you and to bring glory to you. Uh, I also thank Lord of uh, Alicia, Alicia that she's struggling with her gallbladder. I just pray that you'll care for her as well and, and for all the different things that have to be taken care of, especially in light of a trip that was coming up that you would just work and work all those details out. Lord, help us to worship you with all our heart, with all our mind, with all our soul, and with all our strength today, that we might bring glory to you in our worship, and that we might have great joy in singing songs about Christmas and remembering that your Son came to the earth, Emmanuel, God with us. Help us to grab hold of all these things during this Christmas, and Cherish them in our heart as Mary did and rejoice in all that you're doing in Christ's name. Amen. We're going to sing our worship songs, which means you get to sing All Holy Night once more. Isn't that exciting? Let's stand and sing All Holy Night and then we're going to sing another song to go with that.
1: is this To the Hallowed Manger Ground. What fear we felt in the silent age, four hundred years can e'en be found, but broken by a baby's cry, rejoice in the Hallowed Manger Ground. Now the king of kings
0: praise the lord you may all be seated those ages four to seven dismissed to junior church The Bible's always easier to read if it's right-side up. This morning, I'm, I forgot a mic, so you just have to take me as I am. Uh, I'll try not to move too far from this one, but I speak really loud, so you'll probably still hear me. Okay. So we're in John chapter 1, John chapter 1. What I'm doing, I'm doing a series on Christmas, but I'm setting the stage today for the rest of the series. I want to put you in the frame of mind of the Godhead and what was going on and uh, the world at the time when Christ came, just setting the stage for the four messages I'll bring about Christmas itself. Uh, This is about Christmas, of course, because it talks about the word becoming flesh and dwelling among us. So we're going to start with 1 John, um, or John 1, because uh, we want to talk about it in the beginning. The title of my message is, In the Beginning. And there are several places that you would go to to see that phrase. One of those is back in Genesis, which we're going to go back there and look at that in regard to this one. This one begins, In the Beginning was the Word. Now, if we go back to Genesis, most of you can probably quote that first verse. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. See, you know it. And that word for God is a word of plurality, which is talking about the Godhead working to create the world and the universe and animals and people. And um, we know that they're all involved because they're talked about in different places, and we're going to go over that a little bit. But in the beginning, God created. I want you to put yourself in the place of the Godhead. We have struggle with that, don't we? The Trinity, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Keep in mind, they are three indistinct persons in one essence that we call God. That's the only way we can understand it. But we have to separate their personalities, their personhood, because otherwise we don't understand how they operate at all. So what I want you to do is I want you to imagine that before anything existed, See, I want you to take, I use a little liberal uh, uh, imagination. I want you to go with me on that. And... What that means is, imagine yourself being able to sit down and watch the Godhead come together to have a discussion. I know it won't be exactly like this because they don't need to do this, but imagine they all come to a table and they all take their places at the table and they're sitting there, and one of them says, you know, I think it'd be nice if we create a world and a universe, and we create Animals and people, and and we get together to do this. So they all get together and having this discussion. But it, during the discussion, they talk about, "Well, there be sin will come into this world, so we have to do something about it, and we have to determine before the foundation of the earth to handle this. So how are we going to do that?" Now. You know about the Godhead. One of the things is that the Godhead, every one of them, have all the attributes of God. Right? So they're all, they all know all things. They, they all are everywhere at the same time. I mean, these are things that we don't understand. Uh, they don't make mistakes, they're perfect. We are their creation. Uh, they're almighty. They're powerful. Uh, we could keep on going down the list. They're all co-equal. But sitting at that table, they determine that each one of them is going to have a role in the coming creation. And that one of those, God the Son, will have to come to earth. And that one of those, the Holy Spirit, will have a different Operation that once the son is done, he'll need to come and live in people. And the father, he'll have his job, which is to be in heaven and be the judge of the earth. But his judgment will be slowed down by the work of Jesus Christ, the son. So imagine that you got to see this. It would never go on the way I'm talking about it. I don't think. I don't think they have a massive table that God can sit around, but I think God communicates perfectly well. And so they have this and they develop this plan. God had a plan before anything existed. Ephesians 1 reminds us that He even had a plan for salvation, that He had chosen before the creation of the world. Now, He had chosen to do this. He had chosen to bring people to to His Son. He was working even before He created anything to prepare for the fall of man. I don't understand that. But what I want you to get is, here's a Godhead clear at the beginning working together to plan this out. And they worked to to, to create everything. Colossians 1.16 tells us that even Christ worked to do this. In fact, He created all things and without Him was not anything made that was made. And that He is the one who sustains it. Even today. He's the sustainer of the creation. Uh, Again, we can't understand all that. What we understand is that that's what He tells us. This is who He is. So they designed the plan of salvation even before creation. Imagine All of them sitting together doing this, and then they establish their roles, and then they write it into the Word of God. And we come to John chapter 1, and what's he say? In the beginning. In the beginning was what? In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. So there's that reminder again. The Word was with God. The Word was God. Now if we go back to what I'd read in 1 John, you realize they, in 1 John, they they handled and touched and responded and saw the word and the word's name was what's that saying first john anybody, anybody remember i read first john jesus. huh jesus yes jesus. the word was jesus so when you read back here in the beginning was the word and the word was god and the word was with god who's the word Jesus Christ. He was there. Uh, Through him all things were made. I want you to catch who this Jesus Christ was. God the Son, the Word, the one who spoke into being, who created all things, and without him was not anything made that was made. And then in Colossians it reminds us that He's the one who sustains this very creation. He sustains you. He holds you together. As a physics student, I loved physics. One of the things I was being taught back then was that everything has a balance. Most things, some things don't. But most things have a balance. And because of the way they're made, they stay together. And then the as they got further on and got to see there was more going on than what met the eye at the beginning, they began to realize things weren't in balance and that we should fall apart. We should just blow apart because we aren't in balance. So why do we stay together? Because Christ sustains His creation. You stay together because He has the power to keep you together. He's created you. He holds all things together. This is the Christ that later we talk about coming into this world. A member of the Godhead of great power. And yet they see a need And because they see this need, they meet the need. As we go on, he says, Through him all things were made. Then he says, In him was a life. And that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Now this idea here of the life and the light of all mankind, this has to do with men and women and the world living. He gave to them the ability to live. But then he does more. And that's what he comes into the world to do. He he shines into mankind and gives them light. The light shines in darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. This was the word. He repeats and emphasizes he was with God in the beginning. In verse 14, something unique happens. He says, The Word became flesh and made His dwelling among us. We have seen His glory, the glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. The Word became flesh. Christmas is all about us realizing what God did to make it possible for us to know Him in a unique fashion, to know Him as His sons and daughters, that our sin would no longer get in the way. The Almighty God who creates all things and holds them together would have to come in the flesh to dwell among men. That seems incredible to me when I recognize the descriptions of God and what that means and now one of the Godhead God the Son would have to come to the earth for me, for you for the sin of mankind even to slow down judgment to a whole earth while they get opportunity to hear the gospel message Christ came at exactly the right time. He says further of that, son, uh, no one has ever seen God, verse 18, but the one and only son who is himself God and is in closest relationship with the father. He has made him known. The son and the father had an incredible relationship. He knew his father. His father knew him. I always appreciated my relationship with my dad. Well, most of the time I appreciated my relationship with my dad. There were times when I was at odds with my dad, so I didn't appreciate it quite the same way. But after he got older and then he passed away and went to glory before me, I appreciated him even more. Because I began to remember the many things that my dad did. How he affected my life. His honesty, his uprightness. And his coming to know the Lord. I remember my dad. Do I forget some of the less pleasant things? Of course. I don't want to hang on to those. I want to remember the good things. Sometimes I have a rainbow picture of life. You can ask my wife. She says I wear rainbow glasses, and I like them. So don't anybody try to steal them from me. I want them. I see life differently, and I appreciate that. Here, God says no one has seen God but the one and only Son who has this unique relationship with His Father in John first John he talks about uh, them having a relationship with the son and with the father and wanting us to have the same fellowship with one another that the father and the son have and that we could fellowship with the father and son along with them that's what god wanted that's what christ came for was to give us an opportunity to have this unique relationship I wanted you to get that picture of God so that as we go on into the rest of this message and then the other messages to follow you'll remember who this was that came and what it took for him to come to this earth to be a part of humanity to die on a cross for us what it took the things that occurred so Get that picture in your head of this almighty God who has this incredible relationship with the rest of the Godhead. Co-equal. Enjoying fellowship that's perfect. I love my wife dearly. I think she loves me dearly. But you know, we don't have a perfect relationship. Sometimes I get grumpy. When I get grumpy, she gets short. It doesn't work out real well. We don't have perfect fellowship, but we do have fellowship, and at times it's perfect. But sometimes it gets disrupted by our sinful natures and the things we do. God has a perfect relationship. They enjoy perfect fellowship. And he came that you might enjoy that fellowship with him too. So I wanted you to get that picture of how huge this was for God to, in the very beginning, prepare to take care of this problem that would come. That he would prepare to make sure that his son would come and take care of the sin problem on this earth. And it's into that, it's out of that relationship that he comes to the earth. Now I want to put you in the, in the picture of some of the rest of it. Now the prophecies are what we hear. If we go to the prophecies, there are three that, or four that we would remember pretty easily. Two of them you'll know as soon as I start to quote them. Isaiah 7.14 was one of the prophecies that established what was going to happen. Therefore, the Lord Himself will give you a sign. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and call His name Emmanuel, Emmanuel, which means God God with us. So one of the prophecies setting the stage is that God will... Cause a virgin to have a child, and his name will be Emmanuel, God with us. He will come here to dwell with us. Isaiah 9.6 says, For unto us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. And ultimately, on his shoulders, his government, his, his government will have no end. But here, keep in mind what they called him. This wasn't the average person. This would be God himself. Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. This is God on the earth. Micah 5.2 says, but you, Bethlehem, afraid, of, though you are small among the clans of Judah, out of you will come for me one who will be ruler over Israel, whose origins are of old from ancient times. From old to ancient times is kind of a progressive statement that says it was way back there before anything began. That is Christ. He was there before anything was created. Psalm 102, 25 through 27, it says, In the beginning you laid the foundations of the earth, and the heavens are your handiwork. And it's quoted again in Hebrews 1 about Jesus Christ. He was the one who laid the foundations of the earth. Those prophecies and many others set the stage for the coming of Jesus Christ to this earth. So we have God and we have prophecies telling us what's going to happen. And this sets the stage for the stories of Christmas that you're so used to, that you hear all the time. Those stories should draw us to God and should cause change in our lives, recognizing that Christ had to come in the flesh should cause us to recognize the enormous price He was willing to pay to take care of our sin and should draw a response from us that's different. Now the other thing I want you to recognize is what kind of a world did Christ come into? If Christ came today, what kind of a world would Christ come into? What words would you use to describe our world? A fractured. Fractured? Speak up if you have a word. Chaos. Destroyed. Destroyed. Chaos. What if you know of. People, what are they like? What do they want? Worldly. What's that? Worldly. worldly. You can enlarge on worldly if you want. Selfish evil. Selfish, evil. Does it sound like another time in history? Is this the only time mankind's been like this? Days of Noah. Days of Noah. In fact, uh, in Days of Noah, it says, the Lord saw how great the wickedness of, of the human race was. And I, I didn't quote it right. And all their thoughts of, human, of their human hearts was only evil all the time. Can't read my own writing. Was only evil all the time. Another spot in Scripture tells us that the one thing you don't want to see men do is to proclaim that those things that are evil are good. Do you think that's happening in our world? Do you think anybody wants the evil things to be good or proclaim them as good? As we think about the direction the world goes, There's a lot of proclaiming that what I do is good when God tells me it is not. I have often told the story of the day that I was listening on the radio and they were talking about lying. It was a political station and they were talking about lying. And they were all excited. All these specialists were on there declaring that there are It is good and healthy for people to lie sometimes. And they were doing it because they were quoting all these quotes from Bill Clinton that were lies. And they were saying, oh, it's good. It's good for man to lie sometimes. I don't think that's what Scripture says. I'm not sure it's healthy in any way even psychologically healthy for man to lie. Because what happens when you start lying? It snowballs. snowballs. You have to cover it up. And usually when you cover it up with another lie, then pretty soon you find yourself needing to cover it up with another lie. And eventually things fall apart on you if you're not careful. Well, here the scripture says that man had become to the place where all he wanted to do was evil all the time. Just before Christ came, who was in rule on the Earth? Anybody remember? What nation was ruling the Earth? Romans. The Romans. Very good. The Romans were in control. Romans weren't wonderful. They did have law which gave some structure to their society, but mankind could do pretty much whatever they wanted to as long as they didn't upset those in rule. And it was another time that would have been described as evil. And it's into that world, in fact, it says in Scripture that at the exactly the right moment, in the nick of time, Christ came to this earth. And it's in that world that Christ came. He came into a world that was wanting to do whatever they wanted to do. And they would declare it to be right. So that men and women did things that would never have been considered appropriate. People would steal and say, I can remember a film I watched in the guy says, well, if I want it more than the other guy, it's okay if I take it, right? He says, no, that that would be illegal and hence against the law. And, And he'd go on and on with those kind of statements. Well, that's sort of our world. They want us to say that all these things that are evil are sinful are right. When in fact... If we look from God's perspective, they aren't. And it's into that world that Jesus Christ came, into a world that in the nick of time, He came, and one of the things that He was able to prevent was judgment at that moment on, on the earth. There will be another judgment. First time it was by water. What's the second one? By fire. And that's still to come but it's been held back by the coming of Jesus Christ to this earth to present salvation to mankind. So in 1 John, it says, the life appeared and we proclaim it to you so you can have fellowship with us and with the Father and with His Son, Jesus Christ. Christ came into this world at just the right time. God the Son We're going to talk more about what all that means in other messages. But God the Son came in the flesh and dwelt among men so they would know the God of heaven. Remember Christ several times saying, if you see me, you've seen the Father. Wanting to illustrate that he was God. God came in the flesh to provide for you something that could not be provided any other way. And he determined to do this before the foundation of the earth. This should cause us to look at God with great awe. To be able to to design that, to be able to prepare for man's sinfulness and then to come in the flesh to enter the world as a man so that he could become the lamb who took away the sins of the world. So as we think about Christmas, as we Consider what Christ has done. As we look forward to these messages and to the joy of celebrating Christmas, consider what He did to present Himself to take away your sin. Consider as you go through each message what response he would want from you when you realize the enormous task that he undertook to make you his child. It's amazing. It's a story that boggles the mind. And there are many things that happen to make it possible and it's an exciting story that we love to sing about and talk about year after year. When we're done with the messages, I hope you're as excited again this year as you've ever been. Send a word of prayer. Gracious Father, you are an amazing God. You have done amazing things to make us part of your world, to, to make us part of your life, to allow us to have fellowship with you the way your son has fellowship with you that we might have fellowship with the father and the son and the holy spirit that we together might fellowship and enjoy the same fellowship together that we have with you thank you father for doing that kind of work thank you for a time of year when we consider how amazing it is what you've done as we look at what you had to accomplish to make it possible, help us to rejoice, to be excited, even as we come to communion, to be excited that your son came, God with us, to take care of our sin, to shed his blood, to give up his life, that we might have life. Help us, Father, as we celebrate that together in your Son's precious name. Amen. Gonna sing uh, <coughs> song Psalm one hundred and five. Oh come all ye faithful. And on the last verse that is the one in here, right? Yeah. And on the last verse, uh while we'll the deacons come and prepare for communion.
1: Joyful, and triumphant, oh come! of Lord in Christ the Lord sing
0: He broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death till he comes. And he reminds us to take it worthily, which means we should know the Lord and we should be living in a way that we are right with him, and then come and together do this. And it's a thing that we do as a church together because of our fellowship one with another. And so as we do this, we rejoice in what Christ has done for us. And that story is bigger than just his death on the cross. It required him to come and live among men, and to suffer, and to die and to do many, many miracles and other things to make the world aware of who he was and what he was doing for them. So as we take this bread, as we drink this cup, we want to do this in a way that both recognizes who he is in our life as Lord, and also we rejoice in realizing what he's done. Gracious Father, as we partake of the bread that we realize is is a picture of your, your broken body, we ask, Lord, that you would help us truly to recognize the amazing things that had to take place for you to come. And the amazing love that was behind that work, that you would come and die for mankind, that they might know you That they might have fellowship with you and with your Father and with the Holy Spirit. Help us to rejoice in that. To make this a time that we we truly look on you and rejoice and contemplate how much you love us. And that we might give our lives to you. And we'll praise you for what you do in Christ's name. Amen. night, as the Lord Jesus was sitting with them, he took the bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and Mm -hmm. said, this is my body, which is broken for you, do this in remembrance of me. Mm -hmm. Gracious Father, as we... Consider what you've done, we're aware that you shed your blood, and that without the shedding of blood there is no remission of sin. We cannot be cleansed that your son was the lamb, and you took away the sins of the world by shedding your own blood. Help us, Father, to recognize the hugeness of the task and your willingness to do it. Thank you for your love. Help us to rejoice in your son's name.
1: I can
0: In the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this when you drink it in remembrance of me. (coughs) Let's close with a word there. Gracious Father, we're grateful for your love. We're thankful for this time when we remember. And we rejoice because one day we will see you again. We thank you that we look forward to that and the fellowship you've given us with each other and with you. Help us to go through week thinking on you and considering how you would desire us to live, that we might bring glory to you. In Christ's name, amen. i dismiss.